With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live.
Check. Hello. What up, G? Hey, what's going on? You got um, video chat on? I do not have video. I don't actually show my face in any of my videos. Okay. I don't know. If I ever get to a certain subscriber count, I might do a reveal, but I try to keep it private. Okay. Hmm, trying to find something else to look at besides my <laughs> ugly mug. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying to get everything back together, man. Um, well, here, I, um, I, could, I could, I could get a video feed going with some tarot cards or something in the background. Let me, uh, let me see. Hold on. <sighs> Since the last time we talked, man, my uh. YouTube got deleted. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. I got a message talking about community guidelines, and uh, all my channels were deleted. Oh. Yeah. 
that. Sorry. Yeah. I was wondering because I thought I looked and I was like, I thought he had more podcasts. And then I turned around and. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get everything uh, loaded back up now, so. That's rough, man. Hold on, I'm So I guess, uh, can you hear me? relates to us and affects us and things like that is that well
I'm just trying to get the back end. I guess I'm trying to get all this stuff. This is the first podcast I've done uh, in a while. I was supposed to interview Jordan Maxwell before. Oh, really? The uh, everything messed up. Yeah, kind of cool though. I actually got a you know had to had a long conversation with him um, off record and stuff. So it was pretty cool. Always is, honestly. But yeah, everybody that interviewed that Santos guy. Mr. Astrology. Yeah. He was supposed to come back on too before my show got canceled. I'm supposed to be getting a date from him. So, all right, we'll go ahead and go live, man. Uh, hopefully, hopefully everything will be good on my end. I got so much going on back here trying to learn how to do it. And I've been up since 1 a.m. So, no, no, I feel you. Well, we're, this is what we do make it happen. All right. So I'm going to play an intro first. Okay. And Just had an error. Let me see what this was. Okay, I know what it is. You going by uh, Freighter L? Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Okay. All right. We should be good. Let's try this again.
What's up, ladies and gentlemen? How are y'all doing? I'm your host, True Seeker, and you're back with another exciting episode of the Mythicist Podcast. This is going to be the first episode back from having my channel pulled. So that was very interesting. It's not the first time that it's happened. Probably won't be the last. Um, very discouraging, though, especially when you use a medium like YouTube to host all of your stuff. Thankfully, I had the majority of my work backed up. Um, there's some interviews that I streamed straight to YouTube that I ended up losing. Um, the Jay Gordon interview that I did just for really nostalgia because I was a huge orgy fan back when I was a teenager and I got to speak with him. So I lost that interview. Still trying to find it. Hopefully somebody downloaded it or something. I can get that back. So if you do have that episode, uh, please send me an email and I'd love to get that from you. Um, was able to get a lot of it back up and still just rebuilding. And I don't know how many times we're going to have to rebuild the information that we're dealing with um, is very controversial. A lot of people um, seem to have conflict of interest when we're talking about this stuff. So whether it's the religious community or conspiracy people or government targeting, whatever the case is, we know that when we're talking about some of these these uh, different topics and aliens and UFOs and ascension and all, all this kind of stuff, man. It's kind of weird things start happening when you start talking about this stuff. So we're back with another episode. And so uh, the last interview was supposed to be with Jordan Maxwell and we missed that. So um, we're going to reschedule. I'm also talking to Santos Bonacci, Danny Wilton, Zoe Davenport, some other people in that community. So Got some really big shows lined up, just trying to stay motivated. So hopefully we bring some good content today with our guest that we have tonight. Going to be speaking with a friend of mine, contacted me through Facebook. We started building through there, and I offered him a seat on the show. You know, we had some things in common. It's like, sure, you know, once you come on the show, let's 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 talk about it. So his name is Freighter L, and he has a YouTube channel called Motivation Magic. What's going on, Freighter? Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm glad to hear that you're back up and running. And yeah, it seems like the truth channels always have a problem, right? Yeah. Um, I started seeing it whenever they was was rolling out some of the um um the revenue sharing stuff where if you have anything controversial, they was gonna demonetize it and essentially take a lot of stuff down. And mm -hmm. I noticed it the first time on a, a song that I put up, I got a song that's just simply about 9-11 truth. It's not even nothing really, really deep. It's something I did years ago. And when I uploaded that one, just because, you know, the, the word 9-11's in there, it wouldn't even let me monetize it. Like as soon, as soon as it was uploaded, like they have filters and algorithms that go through and check everything. So that was the first thing I noticed, man, that I couldn't monetize that on, on my music, you know? Oh man, you know, and, and that, that to me doesn't make any sense because I've gone out of my way to look at some of these kids channels and especially, especially like the Spider-Man stuff, man, they're, they've got like spiders biting tongues and really grotesque, weird things going on. And it, it's all monetized. You know, yeah. they haven't, they haven't pulled any of that down. They got 50,000 kids watching it, but you know, something about nine 11 is, is unacceptable. And I've actually seen some of my own videos. If I use the word occult, they don't show up on restricted mode. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah. I see certain <clears throat> buzzwords and stuff like that. I, um, 
I don't know, man. There's just, you know, these, I guess this is where technology is headed. This is where we are. Um, even, even tags, man, I, I uploaded a video and in the tags for related videos, I used coast to coast AM figured that some people who listen to coast to coast AM may enjoy this podcast, you know? So put that in the tagline. They flagged it. Cause I put oh. coast to coast AM. They have like such a, um, like, I guess the market that, that they have is cornered. Like they're just, they, you know, the problem man is, is like in magic, right? Words are power. You, you got to be able to yeah. name something and yeah. they have our lexicon. Yeah. They know our lexicon and now they're using it against us, you know? Yeah. So with that being said, man, I guess it kind of, you know, segues into your channel dealing with magic. Um, magic can be used for good or for bad, right? Magic, it just is energy exists and whatever the, the um, participant wants to do with it to, to uh, use it, to create something beautiful, such as music. There's so much magic that, that and so, so much stuff that goes into the, the music um, or to use it for good or for harm. Music is a perfect example, man. The words being spoken over the listener, man, and repetition and mantra and stuff like that, man. So and talk, absolutely. Yeah. Talk a little bit about your channel, man, and what you do with um, Motivation Magic. All right, man. So I, I started the channel because I, I started noticing like the Tony Robbins of the world and um, the like Jim Rons. They were all teaching hermetic principles through a filter of motivation. Mm-hmm. and they would never admit it, but that's what they were doing. If you've ever done one of the goal-setting workshops, I've gone through it, and I'm like, wow, like this is one step away from making a sigil, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I noticed these things, and then I was watching a video the one day, and it was, in the, it was a, a video from the 80s with Jim Ron in it, and he was one of the guys that influenced Tony Robbins, and in the middle of it, he stopped, and he's like, and you don't need the occult or magic to get ahead. You can just use goal setting and you don't, you don't need any of that stuff. And there yeah. was like a, a, a weird look on his face that I haven't been able to find that video in a while. And I wanted to yeah. feature it on my channel. Yeah. But I, I remember when I saw it, I was like, okay, well, what does he know? And then I, I started uh, looking into it and I was already doing hypnosis and things by the time I was 16, I kind of had a rough childhood. So I was, I was working on my own psychology. Yeah. Um, and I started discovering these things and I started with chaos magic and I worked my way up to, new avatar power. And then I started learning about hermetics and all the way up to ceremonial, you know, magic later. Um, and now I find myself, you know, sort of in a, a spot where I'm comfortable. I sold my last company uh, and I, I wanted to, to start doing something different, something expressive, you know, my artistic side. And I, I created the channel and I'm, I'm covering the arcane arts, you know, astrology, hermetics, um, I love philosophy, especially Eastern philosophy. Uh, so I cover all those things. And, and some days, you know, and I feel really motivated and you'll hear that come through. And some days I do like meditation tapes, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's just an expressive form of me. It's so funny when you like, <clears throat> oh, <laughs> that's the whole thing about a cult, man. I mean, the word occult in general, let's just go ahead and clear that up. A lot of people, when they hear it, if you're like a first timer, you're thinking of, black magic, seance, rituals, things like that, which I guess can be 
totally a, a, a part of that path if you're going if you're going down that path. But just a word in general, occult means that which is hidden, right? Absolutely. So what people need to understand is that that which has been hidden from some has been openly revealed to others. And it, it doesn't, you know, like, I guess the uh, true definition of the, of the term would be if you have your hand, you can see your hand and you put your hand in your pocket, your hand is in a cult, your hand is hidden, right? And then we go into the revealing or the apocalypse, you know what I'm saying? The unveiling of it and, and, and taking the truth and, and, and sharing it. And there's, pe- there's different organizations and different people set up in the, in the earth and uh, who think that they should be pri- the only ones privy to some of the information uh, that is to be kept hidden from the masses. And what intrigues me is that a lot of this stuff, for me, I think is like universal law, stuff that is the way the universe works, right? The law of attraction for one, um, sowing and reaping, seed time and harvest, all of, all of these different principles, right? To us is a cult. Most of us have never heard of this stuff. We don't know that like on this plane of existence, we're all essentially playing a game. And in order to get ahead in, in, in many areas, and I know you can touch on this because we talked a little bit beforehand, in order to play the game and to get ahead, you got to know the rules of the game. And many of these rules have been hidden, man. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, once something's hidden and a certain group of people know about it, the people that know about it are the enlightened ones and the people that don't are the profane and they try to keep it from other people because if everybody had this knowledge, what would they do with it? I mean, you'll see it in figureheads, right? And, and for example, Alex Jones, yeah. really polarizing figure, whether you love him or hate him. <laughs> but he, he absolutely uses hermetic principles and the occult to drive his audience, especially polarity. I mean, you could see it every time he does a show. And, and, and it's funny because one of my most profound experiences in the occult was surrounding Alex Jones. <laughs> um, I was on a show for a 30-minute segment um, on, um, you remember the whole SOPA protest that was going on? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I was the Reddit user that started that way back in the day. And then it just launched into this thing. The community took it and launched it into this huge thing. I was removing my company's websites from GoDaddy, moving them to another server. Hmm. I went on his show and I, I talked and I know that they lost millions of dollars. I went to sleep that night and I've never been attacked before. <laughs> like, like this demonic entity that sat on my chest, right. And was strangling me in my sleep. And I, I woke up in the middle of it with this like golden light above me. And it, it was, it was a lot of, it reminded me of the middle pillar ritual. Right. And this is all in like the dreamland. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I woke up and I, I felt this like surge, like, and it was a really profound experience. And then I started getting really heavily involved with the occult after that. And I started seeing a lot of synchronicities. I started seeing like, if I did something, if I did this spell, if I did this working, it would show up in my life later. Yeah. Like, and, and it scared the crap out of me. Like I stopped doing it for a while. I was afraid I was going to hurt somebody. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then I started getting back into it and I did a little bit of healing work, which, which was very profound again. Uh, and then I started, I started this channel just on a whim one day, you know? So, and that brings me here. And then I came across your work and sent you the message and our, our paths crossed. Yeah, man. <laughs> Did you like the, the um, intro I put together for you? Yes. And I'm, I'm trying to work it into my videos and I'm, yeah. I'm trying to work with an animator as well. So I'm, yeah. I'm trying to take the channel to a whole new level soon. You know? mm-hmm. One step at a time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome, man. It's fun too. just kind of build and build and build with it. Yeah, and I appreciate having an artist like you, man. There's not a lot of people out there. I remember Immortal Technique back in the day. Yeah. You know, but I haven't really listened to him recently. Yeah, it seemed like Immortal Technique was going um, more spiritual there at the end, but I I, I, I kind of lost touch because it's kind of like levels for me, like you're saying, and not just me, but a lot of people that I talked to dealing with the Alex Jones stuff, and that was like a, like like an alarm that goes off to wake you up, dealing with Alex Jones and conspiracy theories, and then... So about that time, kind of like the soundtrack for that would be Immortal Technique. But once you kind of graduate from Alex Jones and kind of looking into that stuff, you're kind of led to some of the deeper teachings of the, yes. you know, secret teachings or the occult or whatever, you know, the, that's what, which is hidden. So and that's, that's so many pe- other people's stories. So kind of kind of lost base with them on that. I don't listen to a lot of that stuff. And there's a lot of artists, man out there now that people compare me with, but they, um, it's like they mix the past together. They Mm -hmm. talk about like, um, um, you know, some of this higher esoteric occult knowledge that we, we put into our music and then they mix it with, um, having sex with groupies and, um, getting, you know what I'm saying? Messed up at parties and, and, and talking about guns and robbing all in the midst of talking about like this, the sacred knowledge, man. And people try to lump me into those groups with those people. They're like, yeah, I like you and I like them. I'm like, ah, that's, you know, my, you know yeah. what I'm my fans are like everybody who reps LCOB. Like it's just to- totally different, man. A to- like total different path. Just cause you're talking about the third eye and the Illuminati and aliens and stuff like that. doesn't mean man that you're really living that stuff. You know what I'm saying? You're showing it respect. You know what I mean? You're, Got not, to. you're not defiling it, you know? Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there's respect in that. So I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy the music. I enjoy the message and I, I wish, I wish that, you know, the media is so tied up. Like I, I told you, I, I had done an occult breakdown on a Snoop Dogg video. Yeah. Right. And, and it wasn't like, oh, Illuminati, right? I, I might relist it on the channel just so people can check is it out. Is it the new video? The, it, the new one that got um, all the flack about uh, Trump? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, ironically, that was the last thing in the video to me that had any importance. I mean, I know they did the flag, <laughs> but there was so many other little subtle messages like in that parking lot, he's standing on a 22, right? The number 22. And I immediately thought, you know, that's when the Kennedys, that's when the Kennedys were killed. It was on the 22nd. Right. And like, there's so much significance that the artist puts in, in the background. um, And they, they paint this message. And like, I remember watching like the groupies at the end there. Right. And they were surrounding Snoop. They look like the characters right out of uh, that movie, the purge election night. That's what they're dressed like. So they're, they're invoking these feelings and memories in people 
and they're putting the imagery out there and it's, it's literally programming and it's so subtle that what they do in the background with it, you know, and Hollywood is, is perfect for casting magic, just like music. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they put people into a trance and then they feed them really horrible programming, you know, for, forget the Illuminati for a moment. Just, just look at the programming that they're, they're feeding. Like in that video, Snoop has got that little cartoon. He's pulling out a gun. He's shooting people down. It's just a really horrible message. And, and clearly the message is, is, is seeping out into our society and we can see it. The first thing I noticed in that, in, in that video was the um, um, insane clown posse poster at the very beginning. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's reg- a lot of, regular yeah. clown posse. Yeah. Um, they're trying to, um, would you say regular? That's what the poster says. It says regular. Yeah. It's like in the topsy turvy world. If you read it, it says regular clown pots. It just isn't, isn't it, um, a picture. I got the video pulled up here now, but, um, isn't it a picture of like, um, the amazing Jekyll brothers album cover? I think it is. It it definitely. It's got that flame look to it. Yeah. Um, but it says, what's this? It says like regular or something. It's like the, the obverse, you know what I mean? Huh? Yeah. And, and like, if you look at that scene, like, I think they're even sending a message in that scene. You know what I mean? Well, they're trying to clear the name right now. They're actually about to march on Washington. They're going to be um, marching at the White House and they're trying, they're trying to rally everybody to do that because they, you know, labeled juggalos as a gang. Anybody who was affiliated with the insane clown oh, wow. posse, if you have a, um, <clears throat> a um, insane clown posse tattoo, you know, the hatchet man, if you wear the necklace or whatever, that's gang affiliation. And but I, uh, thought, I thought that was all Christian music, man. The carnival is God and all the juggalos find them, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just I, see, I see where they were going with it. And when we're talking about symbolism, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as like having these, um, these clowns who are like the hand of God on the earth and the, these clowns, actually go for and those who are murderers and rapists and uh and you know what i'm saying those type of deals are like bigots or racist or whatever they come after those people mm-hmm. and bring them to the afterlife whether they kill them and then they you know present them before this joker's card or whatever and then there they learn their fate and basically the fate is pretty much whatever you did on the earth you're going to have to suffer in the afterlife so you know be a good person do good you know what I'm saying? Unto others and things like that. So I see where they were going with it whenever they pulled the lid on it. I was a, I was a huge fan back in the day. Me too. Um, <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, seeing all that. You know what I'm saying? The average person can't see that, though. They're like, no. Nah. No, you go to a gathering, man. It's just a big, happy concert, you know? It's, yeah. They definitely have their own culture. I'll give them that. See, I didn't even notice that until you said it, man. Yeah, like... I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna show it on the stream right quick. Let me set this up. Um, we I've got the I've got the image pulled up. I didn't even notice that. I just seen I just seen the the amazing Jekyll Brothers, and then they got the font and everything changed up. So oh yeah, and then at the beginning of the video, like if you watch the kid, he's gonna foreshadow the cop gunning down his dad because he's playing with the the cop toy and he's playing with the gun. You know what I mean? So they. They program you to expect it later on in the, the video. It's actually a brilliant piece of artwork. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I got respect for it in that regard. Just not mm-hmm. something you should play for kids. 
yeah, I've got it up on the on the screen now, and you can see how they changed the the wording there. Um, one video that that actually reminded me of is, do you remember the Serge Tankian video um, from from uh, System of a Down? I think it was the Unthinking Majority after after nine eleven. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got all the he's got all the kids at the nursery, and all the kids are, are playing with blocks and building towers and stuff. And this other kid comes running from across the the room with the um, plane and crashes it into all these towers that they built and stuff oh, and knocks it down. I, I do remember that. Oh I man, do. that was a dope video for the when it came out, man. It was dope. It had so much symbolism even in that, man. Just kind of recreating it and showing like the kids doing what you know the nations were doing or whatever. The, man, I I I grew up when you know they were screaming, "Give me my MTV!" Like I miss music videos oh, you know, like yeah. i miss that channel yeah yeah there was some good stuff on that channel you know what we're, we're talking about like the illuminati or this plan or whatever like i think there's this definitely this this plan of the of the degradation um degradation of society of of, of, of people's thinking because if, if we're talking about mtv whenever um, I guess before MTV, we, we, you know, we're looking at the Simpsons when the Simpsons came out. I was, a, I was a little kid. I was mm-hmm. like eight years old or so um, trying to watch that. My mom would not let me watch it. Cause Bart Simpson says, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you? And uh, I couldn't watch it. He had, you know, he talks back to his parents and all that stuff. And if the kids watch it, the kids would do that. And that, that was the fear of Bart Simpson. Eat my shorts, man. Oh, you're going to go around telling people that, you know, eat your shorts or, you know what I'm saying? Just start talking down to adults. And we started off with the Simpsons and then the Simpsons did its thing. And then MTV with Beavis and Butthead, Beavis and Butthead come along. They take, they, they push the envelope and take it to another, a whole nother level. Right. Oh yeah. Oh, and definitely. That kind of runs its course and kid burnt down his house and said he did it because of Beavis and Butthead. All these lawsuits came out, right? Shut them down. And then South Park emerges. South Park takes it to a whole nother level. And then that runs its course. And then there's the boondocks, these cartoons and stuff like that, man. It's like you could de- you could definitely see it just – it's like pushing the envelope, man. I, I don't know where it, where it ends either. You know, if we look – I don't know if it ends kind of like ancient Rome and, and orgies in the streets or something. I don't know. I mean, that that's that even happens here. Yeah. There's, that even happens here in certain places, you know? There's something – I don't know. There's something in our culture because I remember I, I went to Europe when I was 18. And I stayed in Germany, and then I stayed in Amsterdam for a while. Um, but over there, like – nine ten o'clock at night their their phone sex ads were like topless and very provocative and like just the culture was just different about nudity and you know you can have a drink at 16 with your parents and just everything was was a little bit more laid back like they had more time to figure themselves out you know and it's like i don't think people know where the line is so they're going to constantly keep pushing and pushing and pushing um but it's getting weird out there like the culture, it's changing so much. You know, what I mean, it's hard to keep up. Like, just just with everything, and and now we have this whole plethora of fake news coming out. Uh, however yeah. you want to define it, but like, 
you know, oh man, I mean, like there's some that I'd like to bring up. I don't even want to bring it up because I know some of the upcoming speakers are going to talk about it, but like, like, like the flat earth thing, like, how do you, how do you feel about it? If, if, if can we bring that up? Yeah. Is it too? Okay. Um, I've stayed, I've stayed away from it on purpose. Okay. Honestly. Right. Um, but people are begging me to go into everybody wants to know my opinion of flat earth. And it's almost like there's, there's these people who want to know my opinion so they can put me on the side of, of the crazies. Right. It's okay. How do you feel about flat earth? And they're like, or they, or they, or they like, you know, what do you feel about the gays? And they want me to come out and just give this blanket statement. So, okay, I knew you was this. I knew you was that. I knew like, man, they have these preconceived notions of like, because we're talking, you know, we mentioned Santos Bonacci early on. Yeah. It happened to him when he's like, dude is like revered for his knowledge of occultism, of um, astrology, astrotheology, the Bible, all of this stuff, man. Absolutely. And he started speaking on flat earth. People look at him as a joke now. Nobody takes him serious anymore. So I kind of seen what happened with him. And I didn't want to really get into it when it got really big because I was focusing on uh, things that can, you know, can can benefit me and my family and my friends spiritually. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't think that, you know, getting to the bottom of the flat earth and, and proving that there's this agenda there w- would solve anything for me at the time. But, um, I knew that I didn't want to, I didn't want like everything I do, I do 110%, man. So I didn't want it to pull me off of building myself spiritually, meditation, mm-hmm. diet, you know what I'm saying? These things that I'm struggling in, in areas, it's like so, um, delicate that you have to kind of keep a lock on them. And I, and I know how we are. I know how my friends are. They go into it and that's all they study. That's all they talk about. So I stayed away from it, mm-hmm. but I will say this, this is, this is all I say. I don't know, but I will say that, um, if flat earth isn't what's going on, then the ancients were wrong because the ancients 100% believed in it. Mm-hmm. All of their maps, all of their books, their writings, and when you break it down, the ancients believed in, in flat earth. So either science and technology has now proved the ancients wrong and they were full of it, or they were right and we've been duped by NASA and by our religious institutions and all of these people, which I'm I'm leaning more upon that, that mm-hmm. we've been duped and uh when it when it comes to this type of stuff by NASA and, and these people, see it's it's interesting you say that because I did the astrology video today, and I get most of my correspondences from a book called the Tetra Bibliotes, and it was written before the heliocentric model of the universe, so everything was considered flat at the time, right? And I still think that the book has has its merit, even though. Um, I don't necessarily follow that um, because the correspondences are rich and, and they're correct and the accesses all line up correctly. So it, it's a nice working model of astrology and I like to use it more than the other methods out there. Mm-hmm. But, but to get back to the, the flat earth for a second, I think regardless of the outcome, whether it's true or not, it does not change anything in my day-to-day existence. So it's not really worth arguing about, but I did notice that at the time of the information coming out, it's created this sort of pendulum push, right? So the consequences of this 
is going to be the Neil Tyson DeGrassis out there. And, and the intellectuals are not only sort of creating their own religion because of things like this, yeah. right? Um, but they're, I mean, you might very well see them push for a political party in the future. And, you know, it, it might be a good thing, but I'll tell you this much. There is a video out there on YouTube and it's called the, the world's smartest man. Right. And it's a, a guy who has like a, an IQ of 200, it's like 30 or 40 points above Stephen Hawking. It's in the video. Right. But when they talk to him, they're like, well, what would you do? Like, and, and this guy has like no emotions whatsoever. He's like, they should put me in charge and his plans like for reducing the population sound horrifying. So like, if you were to take a person that is that smart and driven only by logic and has no emotions whatsoever, and you put them in charge, I would argue that our existence would be terrible, absolutely terrible. And that's what scares me about AI in the future, because whatever we create is going to be void of emotion. Yeah. You know, and that's the scary thing about it. It's- yeah. If that's not what's already going on, man, if those, if that isn't, isn't the agenda, you know, we talk about like the, Georgia Godstones and things like that. Um, the yeah. legitimacy of those, you know, um, we're totally way past that. You know, was it just a good idea? Was it a, a small lodge that, that put that together or what, you know? Um, but as far as like the population goes and like seeing that we're overpopulated, there's man, just go to Google earth, man. And, and see this, the, the, you know, the vast amounts of, of, of space that it hasn't even been touched and nobody's ever been there, you know, there's, I do know. you know, so there's definitely enough room for more people on the earth, but, um, having all the people in these congested spaces, that's definitely not good. That's definitely not, not good. Um, looking at, you know, some of the, some of the big cities and, and, and all of the, you know, the homelessness and, the um, you know, the statistics of people who have like mental problems and they're not getting help. And there's all of these stuff happening like that, like in the big city in like the smaller cities, they tend to take care of that stuff, you know, but, um, some it's something about when you get a bunch of people together and they're just living on top of each other. And you look at like, some of the apartment complexes and stuff like in the, you know what I'm saying? In the ghettos, like in yeah, the, no, do you um, ever, do you ever play- Harlem's and stuff. That's just insane, man. Do you ever play that game back in the day where you were like, uh, uh, what was it? It was called black and white. You were the hand. You were just the hand. You were the hand of God. And it was like sort of like a Sims game where you would go around and you could either be like a positive God or a negative God and you could sacrifice or you could help them grow food. It was your choice, right? But if you were if you were a devilish god, you would build them these hobbles that would have like hundreds of people on them, and you wouldn't let them spread out. Huh? Yeah, no, it's an interesting game. I mean, yeah, it's, I, think it's I, old think, one. I think I actually had the demo of that game for PlayStation. But it, it's a terrible thing. We were never meant to live that way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I, I don't know. I live out in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. So I live on a hill, and every direction I look is farmland. So <laughs> it seems like it, it's endless out here, you know. Yeah, for um, sure. Someone, uh, there's a comment here from from Wayne. He says, uh, "I seen something a while back saying the world population can fit in Alaska with a minimal living uh, space." I just don't think. 
the population could maintain the standard that most U.S. citizens live at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If everybody was living at those standards, everybody had air conditioning on the planet, it would, I mean, climate change would be even worse, right? Isn't there like um, more ab- um, abandoned houses than there are homeless people? Isn't that the st- statistic that was just released? There's more abandoned houses that people aren't living in trying to find uh, homeowners than there are people living on the streets in America. This is, this is crazy. I mean, we have, we have the infrastructure. We have the technology. We have the money. Nobody should be living on the streets in America. I mean, at the very least, you know, we should be able to do that. What was it? Kennedy said, if the few that are rich can't protect the many that are poor, it's no country of ours or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it, it's so true. If, if the few that are rich here cannot help out the many that are poor, then we're not going to survive because we're going to, they're going to create that permanent underclass of citizens otherwise, you know, right. and we're, ha- we're headed towards it, especially with uh, the robotics in the future. We need to start having these discussions. To hear um, those people talk about that though, these rich elitist people, um, to hear them talk about sharing the wealth, they get angry, buddy. They get <laughs> angry. They do not want to come off any of that money, man. And, um, I've kind of, you know, kind of seen that in my own life, man. Um, I'm, I'm, um, my, my family's um, Porch Creek Indian and mm. they just opened up a casino 10 years ago or so. And they've got so much money that they don't know what to do. So now every year on uh, your birthday, if you're on the roll, if you have enough blood in you, um, you get like, Anyway, like thirty, forty thousand dollars or something, some crazy number, man. Like all my cousins, everybody gets it for like forty grand a year. Just do whatever you want with. A lot of these people don't even work. They, you know, what I'm saying they get their money and yeah. they pay bills and they, you know, what I'm saying they live on it. And uh, you know, what I'm saying my mom gets the money, my cousins and everything. But me and my brother, and my sister, we don't have enough blood in us. We have a sixteenth, and you need an eighth. And so they just did this vote to open up the role because the bloodline's getting diluted. Like it's like a, it's like a dying um, people, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's intermixing and all of this stuff. So they said, let's open it up to first generation descent. And that would put me and my sister and, and, and brother on the role, man. We would get the money. We would get that, the housing that they give, the schooling, everything, man. We would get all the benefits that they give to the tribe. Um, but they voted in all of the, older people who are on the roll and everybody who's getting the money said no because they told them it would take away some of the money that they got. Yeah. And they have this weird entitlement to their 40 grand or whatever. They, they say, that's my money. You can't have my money. It's like, so just, it's so weird for me personally, because all my life I've heard my family and my mom and everybody say, I wish they would open it up for you guys. I wish they would, they would do it. You know, you know, I think they will one day and I'm 33 years old now and they mm-hmm. just opened it up for voting and everybody said, no, they like changed their story like that. So to kind of, it's just a picture of what the elite are doing with their money. Oh, you want us to give our money to those people? No, we worked hard for our money. It's our money. We're not sharing. It's this weird spirit behind it, man. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I don't know. I think at a, at a certain point, you, you're not going to be able to spend it anyways. Um, yeah. 
you know, I, yeah, I guess it's different, man. Like, cause like my family had major issues growing up, but we always, always had money. Mm-hmm. We we're all, we are always well taken care of, you know? Um, and then, and then it was weird because I lost my father at a young age and then suddenly I didn't have any money anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, and other members of my family, they, a lot of them did not come to my aid. You know what I mean? Even though they were still well off and all of a sudden I found myself in a different class, you know, and yeah. I ended up going to school for a while and I, I left with an associate. I just didn't, didn't want to pursue it anymore. It just seemed like a big debt bubble to me. I didn't, I did not enjoy it, but I got into corporate IT and I worked my way up and, and eventually like I got to the point where I was running my own business and I, and I, I literally had to climb up from zero all the way back up. But I mean, I've seen it firsthand. People get a little piece of that pie and then no, man, they don't want to, they don't want to hand it out to you. And I, and I noticed that like, if you're successful, then, then they want to give it to you. Right. Hmm. But the moment, the moment, like you're struggling, that's when everybody like seems to step away because they can feel that energy, you know? Yeah. I don't know. It's really it, weird. It's cruel, but it's true. It's the, um, just pe- people like love to be over other people. Um, mm-hmm. whether we're looking at the government and this, the system, pe- people being over you here or schooling or religion. Um, it's crazy. I, I, I've, you know, grew up in religion and just, just seeing it. We, we've talked about this on other shows of just, they, they put themselves above the rest or they have a platform or they build stages where they're above the rest of the people so that the people have to look up to them. And there's something about this looking up to people, which I don't think we were ever meant to do like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this weird power trip and it causes people to do weird things, man. It call it, it, it brings out an, and and like an, like an evil that's, that's within people. And, uh, and people have to weasel their way up to get in that position as well. And the things that people will do, and the sacrifices that they'll make to get there in that position to have people look up to them. Maybe it's just, you know, they want to feel like they have a sense of purpose or they finally made it or something, man. But when you get into that hierarchy stuff, man, I've seen it on little bitty small levels in backwoods churches, man. Mm -hmm. And like, I've been to churches, dude, where like little bitty churches where the pastor is in his office praying and reading. And I went in there to, to talk to him. I was a visitor, a guest, and uh, there was two, two armed guards in front of the door with their arms folded with, with their guns, you know, protecting him. It's like, really, you guys have like 12 people in your church. Like, this is a very small, like, this is so weird, man. And there's like <laughs> what it does to people, you know, it's just okay. but you know, tons of stories like that, man. I, yeah, no, I, I see it all the time. I live in a really small town and I mean, it's weird. Um, it's a closer community, but because it's closer, it's, it's more judgmental too. Do you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. everybody knows your business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows your business. Everybody wants to know what's going on. And I, I, I don't know. Um, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's it's so off-putting, you know, when 
when you go out there, you need a hand and somebody's not there to help, you know? So it's, it's one of the things that we do. And I, I talk about it sometimes on the channel is um, we'll, we'll go to the homeless shelter here. We give all of our clothes firsthand to them and we help out every year and it's, it's, it's gratifying and it's, it's, you know, giving back. And I think the more people do that, the more they get the message, you know? Um, but the more, the more they get and they collect, and especially if you don't work for it, the more entitled it seems to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like I, I, I know people that are like the trust fund kids, right? Yeah. And like the entitlement is there, but because it's given to them, they don't seem nearly <laughs> as quick to hand it out. Like, but if, yeah. if you find a guy that's like been busting his you know, ass yeah. working 60, 70 hour weeks yeah. and he's made it, yeah. Man, he'll he'll leave that hundred dollar tip for the waitress just because he's in a good mood and he knows he's gonna get it back from the universe, you know? Yeah. And that's that real enlightened guy walking around that understands it, you know? Yeah, it's um it that you know, that is a point that, that, that I think a lot of people do um have about you know what I'm saying, the welfare system and the people just like abusing it. They always point at the people who are abusing it, right? Mm-hmm. And say, oh, we can't. We we need to cut out welfare because of these people. They're doing drugs and they're getting free money or whatever. But as far as like uh, taking care of what you worked for and what you earned, man, I remember um, as a teenager, my um, my girlfriend, who's my wife at the time mm-hmm. uh, now, um, would would come see me and she would drive her parents' car, right? Yeah, and she would let me drive. <laughs> and I get it that day, man. I'd be like, I was on Fast and the Furious, man. I I'd be doing 80 down the highway, slam on the brakes and turn the wheel sideways and, and just something like I was in a, a movie, man, just doing donuts in the fields and all kind of crazy stuff. And now, like, I'm in my vehicle that I worked hard for and paid for. This is years later. I would never do that. <laughs> scared yeah. that something's going to happen to my car or something's going to mess up. You know what I'm saying? Something that I worked hard for. And I think the same, the same goes with... um your home, you know what I'm saying? You're going to take care of your home or whether you're living in, um, you know what I'm saying? A house that was given to you or uh, a car or whatever the case is, if you didn't work hard for it, you're not going to, um, you know what I'm saying? See the value in it. I remember we used to just walk around at people's houses and my house I lived in, we'd be smoking cigarettes and we just flick the ashes in the carpet and step on it. I, I would punch somebody <laughs> in the mouth if they came to my house and did. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I do. It's interesting you brought up like the welfare thing, right? Because when I was going to college, I went down to uh, Columbus, Indiana, right? It's, it's south. It's near the Kentucky border, right? Mm-hmm. And I got with this girl. She was a single mom, right? And she had a kid and she was living in the system. She had free housing for one year and then her like fair market value is like 450 a month or something after that. And she got assistance with the food and the electricity and a couple other things. Right. So now at the time, her and her neighbor, right, were going through the system and her neighbor was an ex prostitute from California. She was a Hollywood hooker. Right. And she had some great stories about Metallica and all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. Right. And she was, she was a very lovely person. But what I'm getting at is she cleaned up her act. Right. She wasn't doing drugs anymore. She had her kid visiting her and she was a math tutor at the college and she was getting her degree so she could be a therapist. She finished it out and she moved out. Right. And it was all within like the year and a half that I was, I was staying with her while I got my associates. Right. 
And I was like, wow, that, that's awesome. The system worked. Like, that's a perfect example. Like, I have no problem with tax dollars going towards that, right? But I got to tell you, like, the people that live directly next door to us, like, I remember feeling grateful and, and incredibly sad at the same time because there was, I don't want to call them, you know, there were Southern people, right? Mm-hmm. And they were all on welfare and their kid was 16 and he was already on social security disability, right? And I remember talking with him and he was always interested in computers. He knew I was, you know, doing computer work. And I gave him a book. I was like, well, here, you know, it was an A plus certification book. And he, he handed me the book back and he told me he couldn't read. I remember looking at him like, you, you can't read. Like I, I had taken for granted all of like, you know, the prestigious education and everything that I had gotten. And I realized in that moment, like not only could he not read, it made me feel terrible. I started, you know, offering, well, let me help you. Like, let me show you. I can teach you. Right. His parents found out and they were immediately like, no, you can't teach him. Listen, he has a disability. Um, he's not going to school. Like they dropped him out of high school. They basically told him, you have no chance in the world. We're going to collect your disability check and you're going to live with us. Even if the kid was only going to live until he was 30. Yeah. Like it was yeah. terrible. And they were completely domesticated, 100% reliant on the mm. system, you know, and relied on his check. Yeah. There ain't, there ain't nothing you could do to help, you know? Mm. So in, in that case, that was the problem, you know, and you're, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that because we have some problematic people that you should pull those resources from people who need it, you know? Yeah. So. Hundred percent, man. I want to let everybody know who's watching. We do have some people watching that, which I'm honored. We have people watching after everything was deleted off of YouTube, man. God, I hate that. But I, you know, we do have an audience. So if anybody wants to add to the conversation, if you have any questions or need any advice, the phone lines are open. Uh, if you scroll down in the uh, description of the of the video, and um, the phone number is there: seven two four 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 four. 7444. We have a, a few minutes left. And if you guys have any questions, uh, the phone lines are open. I wanted to kind of steer it back on track a little bit, man, and, and really get into some more stuff about the occult and numerology, numbers, colors, because we were talking about this before we went live, mm-hmm. because you do that for a living. Like you were like you said, you were designing business cards and things like that. And you would incorporate that stuff into cards that colors got the purple Absolutely. going on it, it it invokes a feeling a memory a thought um when you hear the like if, if you see the color and then you have the music on top of it visuals man all of this stuff like invokes in essence we can say spirits or personas or vibrational feelings the way that we feel talk a little bit about that man because that's man. some stuff when we're talking about it's subliminal messaging as well, you know, it, it definitely taps into a different part of the brain because I'll give you an example. If, um, if I was uh, to write the word Nazi on the wall, it's one thing, but if I were to draw a swastika on the wall, it's a whole different thing, right? Mm-hmm. There is so much more attached to that symbol than you could ever say in words. Right. And yeah. so, so even when I, when I started the new company, I based it all around sun symbolism, Right. Um, and I had, uh, the company name started with I am right. And then on the card, I had the sun, 
Um, and then corresponding to that is the sign of Aries. So I would exalt it. And the slogan that we were running with at the time was shine online, you crazy diamond. And that like the entire phrase, everything is exalted through Aries. The website is exalted through Aries. And I remember I handed out my cards at a networking event and I got three referrals and two of these customers are still um, customers today. And they're hundred percent Christian. Like it attracts Christian people like crazy. And there's, there's a reference there. If you know it from the Bible with the statement, I am right. Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I know the population out here is, is Christian. So I pandered to it. Right. Um, And, and that was, that was one example. But when I had clients come to me, depending on what the industry was, uh, we would, we would incorporate it. So if it was an industry that had to do with communications uh, in some way, we would try to incorporate, you know, mercury in there as much as possible. And it all depended. Like if you were a plumber, right, we were going to incorporate the sign of cancer or a water sign in there. And we're going to try to hide that symbology into your logo. And, and you don't have to say it when people see it, there's a reaction, whether they know it or not, you know, and they would always tell me, well, I, I don't know why everybody loves your logo more than my old logo because it makes sense, you know? So, but you know, foreigner clients, we used to incorporate both like psychological terms. Like for example, when you're on a website, if, if let's say you're a plumber, if the button says request a proposal, right? You get so many clicks, but if you just change one word and it says request my proposal and you appeal to the ego, it's like a 30% difference in clicks. Yeah. You know, like, so all of these things are not evil, they're not dark, right? They're just hidden things, right? Like yeah. search engine optimization, um, YouTube optimization, all of these things, are, they're, they're knowledge that is available but is generally hidden, right? And that, that's all it really is. Um, you get funny looks if you say the word occult, ritual, <laughs> magic. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, and, ne- never did those words come out. nothing to do with that, and that's just... It's just like an overtone, but it, a lot of the stuff, it can be broken down on very uh, practical levels, practical levels, right? If it's mm-hmm. not practical, then why we, you, you know what I'm saying? Should we even talk about it unless it's to build the ego or to call yourself a historian or just study what the ancients knew? Like if it didn't help them, then, you know, why should we try to dig it up? You know what I'm saying? To apply it to our lives as a, as a real, you know what I'm saying, alchemist, right? If you want to fine tune yourself and you want to ascend and you want to um, learn what is, is essentially going to help you in your path, right? That I mean, that's the whole thing with me with even, like I said, dealing with the flat earth and stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I don't have a problem with flat earth. I, I'm just worried that the push for these types of things is going to spawn a scientific, you know, zealot. Yeah. Like you're going to get another group that's going to form out of this. Yeah. I, I, de- I definitely see that. I'm trying to stay away from splitting the hairs. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, okay, you're the, the flat earth guy. Flat earth is totally wrong. Therefore, everything else you say is wrong. You know what I'm saying? Those, those people there, it's a lot of them. It's a yes. lot of them. Or like, uh, you know, you're quoting Manly P. Hall. Well, Manly P. Hall was a Mason. So, uh, 
you're you're quoting a devil worshiper. It's just crazy stuff. You know, I try to stay away from any generalizations, man. People try to do it all the time with me. They try to yeah. they try to generalize, and I can't. Like can't. Well, just a little bit of everything put together, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I know a you know? bunch of Freemasons, man, and and all of them that I know are good people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I haven't come across a bad one yet. Yeah. Um, we do have a caller. I'm going uh, to see if we can take this call. This is a sure. caller from New York. What's going on, caller? You're on the air. What's happening? Who are we speaking with? Hey, Derek. Uh, it's Mariah. Um, uh, What's going on, Mariah? Oh, how how, how, are, how are, you? are you? I'm well. How are I you, just, sister? I'm all right. Thanks. Um, And hi to the gentleman that you're talking to. Um, Hello. I just, um, I called in because you, I mean, I, the flat earth, I come across a lot and I just wanted to comment that I agree that, um, in my experience with it, I, you know, got into Santos, Bonazzi and everybody that could possibly be affiliated with it. And, um, ultimately it kind of had the same effect where I just kind of kept looking and it would kind of just had its rabbit hole effect and it was just kind of like a trap. You know, um, and it really, um, I mean, it comes up and you've got somebody who's, you know, got something scientific to prove it or disprove it. And the conversation um, does create these other subgroups like you just mentioned, um, like you both just mentioned, um, worrying about those things. I live in, um, I live in Buffalo, New York, and there is a huge thing going on right now in the community. You can even find people on YouTube that live here that are starting this huge revolution. They've got a good role on it. And they are, not only are they after um, disproving, you know, they're going after Christians really hard and they are, they're talking about the Mandela effect and they're just focusing hard on things that at the end of the day, you still have to get up and go to your job and pay your bills. And you get, I mean, that's just the truth. That, that those are the things that we're here to experience and they get lost and they lose track of, you know, things. But um, I I wanted to also ask, because um, you did mention getting it. I mean, it's a really, really bad. It's got people in different factions. It's tearing up the black community yeah. in the town that I live in. Um, hmm where they're 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 telling they're going out there and they're convincing black people that they are from aliens and that they were the first ones on earth the and moors yeah the, yeah the moors and um you know they're coming into restaurants with cards that you know say that they're moors and therefore they get a certain discount oh wow uh, oh yeah. um but i mean they're going they're going really really hard and so um then you know you you just touched on something about um astrology and everything, and I've also coming out of the occult um um you know I found a lot of use in it, but um I also attracted a lot of people who used the occult in very like evil ways like chaos magic ways and yeah. um I just wanted to know, as I explored, I wanted, um, I'm glad you touched on it because I, I do a lot of, I, I did a lot of reading on GnosticTeachings.org and all of it seemed, all of it, all of it was really benevolent. All of it was really beautiful and all of the lectures and they were really um, helpful. And then 
as I started to explore astrology, so maybe you can help me on this, it started to feel kind of fatalistic. And um, I still don't refute it. I still think that, like, I can see where it has use because, and then maybe you can speak on this, I, I came across other astrologies like draconic astrology and um, esoteric Nerdic. astrology and how they overlap and everything. And it got really confusing for me. So maybe that's like a Gemini thing where I, I have scatterbrain, you know, and I'm like doing five things at once and I couldn't, you know, absorb well, all of it make sense of it. I mean, the whole thing with that is like the crazy thing. And, and I'm glad we don't have to have that stuff, right? Because mm-hmm. everybody's saying something different. Everybody mm-hmm. is everybody has conflicting information, and here we are in the middle of it, trying to find out who's telling the truth, um, who's making it up as they go along, and who has invested interest in it, who, who's getting paid to do certain things or whatever. So it puts you in the, in this in this weird spot when you're just seeking truth in general, right? From any any teacher or any Bill Donahue or whatever his name is, what? or whatever. But I, th- I think it, it depends what you're looking for out of the astrology, though, too. I mean, for me, I'm using astrology and biorhythms, which is a big one for me. I don't know if you guys have looked into biorhythms or not. Uh-huh. But I, I'm using it to plan out, like, significant events, like my wedding day and, mm-hmm. and things that would occur anyways. Um, but, yeah. you know, even if it's just happening on a psychological level, um, you know, the way that I'm using it is like a tool. You know, yeah. um, but if like, cause sometimes I'll have like viewers message me and it's like, you know, I, I set it to, to this type of astrology. Now I'm using verdict astrology and I'm not, and they're overthinking it so much that they're getting lost in it. It's really about that journey of changing yourself on an inward, you know, inside of you so that it reflects the outside world. And that's what astrology is exactly. about yeah. looking above and then, you know, happening down below. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's no, okay, you're, you're, you're absolutely. I, I don't. I've never heard of the biorhythm thing. Um, I have, um, a, you know, a thing with knowledge because, or not knowledge, but I should say, like, you know, truth, like speaking, because what you were talking about um, earlier in the podcast is that, um, you know, a lot of these Hollywood and movies and and TV programs, I have just by, you know, minimalization have eliminated those things. I don't even have those devices. I just have an iPod. Like, I can't even see your chat room right now because my iPad doesn't allow me to see it. <laughs> so, um, um, but I don't have those programs coming in and clogging a lot of my thoughts and my, my ability to critically think. So they always go towards things like what you're talking about. And mm-hmm. Um, then I, and then when I hear music, I can almost like feel it vibrationally, whether or not it's like trying to tell me to feel some type of way. And I get like, you know, I'm like, Oh no. And, um, but I found with the astrology that I would see people posting, like I'm a Sagittarius, therefore I am this. And I'm like, well, that's, it's just like, it seems like it can be, it it, it is created like little factions of people, even in astrology where they will believe it because it's, it because they looked up cafe astrology and it says this about their everything you know but then they don't look up their lilith and they don't look up their their ascending note and they don't look up how you know to change those things and it's basically what i've learned from astrology is it tells you at least in tropical astrology is it tells you what you're prone to but then people will take it fatalistically and they'll just say well i'm just this way and that's that 
and it's really kind of like a key, I've, you know, or like um, like decoding it and saying, okay, well, things are always like this because my tendency is to behave this way yeah. or to react this way. And if I modify yeah. that by modifying my heart and my belief systems, then these things will not, you know, and then going into like fixed stars and, you know, constellation positionings and um, the degrees. You, you must know about, like, I'm sure you know Mercury about Mercury and retrograde. Up, mm. So that's like yes. a big one, you know, for me, like I can always kind of like feel it and then I'll, and then, but then with, with me and my personal life, because of my astrology, Mercury can always feel like I'm in retrograde. I can always just feel like I'm retrograding, you know, if I'm just like not in check with myself, but, um, I was getting very yeah. nervous with the Saturn retrograde and the Cassini doing the orbital at the same time with the North Korea threat going on, maybe very nervous. We'll see how that all plays out, but all those planets being in retrograde. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're right. Isn't that something like for the first time in like forever, all these planets are in retrograde at the same time? Back to back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's been a long time. So you've got tons of people. I've got, you know, the people that I was talking about here, right in the city of Buffalo that are out on the streets. They've got a huge following on YouTube and I'm meeting them even in my workplace. You know, I've got like, I feel like I'm in a vortex. Um, the, the place that I work, I've got Christians that I immediately gravitate towards. And then I've also got, you know, dark kind of, you know, Aleister Crowley occultists who, you know, I also will, you know, I'll, I'll be able to resonate with them on, but they're still repelled from me in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And they're, they're literally kind of like, it's like watching a war happening right in front of me based on what they choose into their belief systems and what, you know, what they choose to kind of download. And um, seeing all of that play out is really interesting. It kind of, it kind of brings me to a point where I don't, I don't know if other people feel like this, but it's, it's, it gets to the point where it's like, what's the point? What's the point of worrying about all of this? If the flat earth is the flat earth and if NASA's lying and mm. they were taking pictures and, you know, that's why I'm like, okay, so it makes sense. Like, why can't we go up there um, if it's real? And why can't, why haven't we been able to, after all these years, been able to have like a program where like, okay, we can go on cruises, but we can't go on like spaceship like ex- excursions. <laughs> Um, they're trying to make that possible now. Was that a Richard Branson? I think it is Bronson. Uh, yeah, really? Virgin selling, guy. Selling, mm-hmm. yeah, he's selling seats uh, to to take people. It's just like crazy expensive. How much? I was, thought he was having problems with that though. I thought it was. Uh, uh, yeah, but that, it was really something. Just the other day, it was even on Yahoo that they're still trying to get it done. Nice. I think that would be nice. <laughs> so that'll be interesting <laughs> be, to see how that plays out. Um, because if there's like a, so I'm thinking it'll be interesting because if there's like a huge expense to it, that's going to narrow the type of person that's going to be able to go up there. And then it also yeah. might miss bust the entire flatter thing, because if you can go up there and see it, you know, and, you know, that'll kind of like be an experiential knowledge thing. You see now that at the same time, that would be kind of terrible, right? If we could get up in oh, the yeah. space. And then they see it as round, and they say everybody that ever prophesized flat Earth is wrong. Yeah, and that means nine eleven <laughs> conspiracy theorists are wrong. All of these people are suddenly wrong. Yeah. So hopefully that doesn't pick your, you know pick your battles wisely. That's why I stayed away from it. I'm not gonna lie, it is interesting. Mm-hmm. And if I had if I had an opinion, like I said like I said at the beginning, 
if it's not not flat earth then i believe the ancients were wrong man all all of the manuscripts and all all of the the the, the drawings and and all of this stuff totally points to it you know all the ancient stuff that you can find they they then, definitely believed so at the end of the day the people that are having these conversations the people that i've had these conversations with i've had these conversations with people that i'm at work with like we're clocked in we're on the clock we can't do anything about it and it's like well what are you what are you uh putting your energy into it for um what are you yeah. going to do about it how do you change your reality um so yeah. i just kind of see like it's a concept it's out there like anything else and um i feel like it's the trap um because at the end of the day, you're not going to get your answers from anyone who's a quote-unquote elite. You're, you know, we're used to for a long time not yeah. getting answers from news. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I have faith that this is um, the truth. Um, but I did come across something a, a couple of years ago, where like in the United States, it's they don't, we don't have like regulations on whether or not we can falsify news. And in Canada, I believe that, and I still believe this is correct, that they don't have, they banned Fox News um, because it's illegal to oh. falsify news. I don't know if that's, if that's correct, but it kind of like started everything. It's definitely going down in other countries. I don't know about Canada. I, see, I, I know that there was a directive that was passed by the CIA almost eight years ago that lifted that ban on propaganda and the government has been paying for news reports ever since it's in the budget so sometimes you're watching a news report and it's literally something that the white house paid for and ever since they did that that's when i think the media took a real nosedive yeah when they started showing those clips of like 13 or 14 or some crazy number different news anchors all reading the same Mm -hmm. stories word for word Mm -hmm. You know, that was that was intense whenever that video came out. It's all it's, it's the talking some, points. There were some like whistleblowers in Florida um, several years back that there was no whistleblower protection because they blew it out of the water that they were being they were being paid. They, I mean, their job, they were being told what to air and what to talk about, even though they knew other information or contradicting information. And so there was a huge whistleblower thing that happened in Florida. Um, that can be looked up on YouTube with them talking about that. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, so it comes back to my own spirituality and, like, how I'm going around, you know, trying to be mm-hmm. more humble than more lower than the person that I'm standing next to. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it comes down to, because I think we only have so many hours per day to do it. And you have to, like, choose wisely like each it's so like i was saying it's so delicate your faith and your spiritual walk and your spiritual growth and development and there's so much stuff out there warring for your mind and wants Mm -hmm. to pull you to the left or to the right and 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 wants you to be intimidated and don't want you to speak your truth and stuff so to hold on to your belief man and and um and practice it and uh it's a delicate faith that's why the scripture says that that it is a delicate faith it's so easy. It's so easy, man, to fall into stuff. Even when it's like in uh, Galatians or whatever, the very first chapter of Paul's like these people that he 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 preached to and they received the gospel openly, and then like a couple, a short period of time later, he's like they're out there like worshiping angels and stuff. He's like, what happened, man? Like I just left you guys, 
and you guys were walking in, in the truth. And now you guys are like believing like these angelic tablets that came and all of this crazy stuff. What happened, man? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's in, and that's how, that's how serious it is. This is like so easy to get off track with what you're doing to, to, to help your family, to help your own sanity for one. And, uh, and if it is astrology that helps you, man, then that's, that's your thing. Right. And I know a lot of people who are not paying for a psychiatrist because mm. they read their, uh, um, their charts and they base their day and they base, okay, I'm going to have this type of day and they're not paying for psychiatric help because of it. And it's helping them get through the day, the way their mind works and the way stuff happens. They trust it. It works for them. That's all. That's all, you know, I, I think that's the only thing we could judge it by is if it works for you, if it's real for you, man. That's the only thing I can say. If it helps you, if it helps you get through the day, man, that's on you, you know, whatever it takes, man. Cause it's, sometimes it's hard for people out here, people out mm-hmm. here dying and struggling and trying to make things happen and stuff, man. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I really don't knock anybody. And for some people, if their thing is conspiracy theories and that's what helps keep their mind stimulated and with, with wonder and emotion and question and searching and stuff, if that's what it takes for you too, man, more power to you. I'm for you, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's why I like. I'm sorry. Go right ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I think it was Alan Watts. Which said uh, he thinks like the truly enlightened man would be a guy working at a gas station that ah, doesn't have a clue yeah. as to what's going on <laughs> and is just relaxing and enjoying life for what it is. Man, look, I we went, dude, and I don't want. I'm trying not to cry now that I think about it. We went to the Special Olympics the other day, um, mm-hmm. and there was this little boy, man. <laughs> he come running up, and he and he knew all the, these people. And uh, I say he was a little boy. He was, he had to be 15, but he, he's like, yeah, I don't, he's almost like a cartoon character. He was so happy and yelling, like, Hey, Hey guys. And he knew everybody. And he just, there's so, such innocence and such joy that he had. And I was like, man, I will pay this dude to come hang out at my house. Like, you know, he right. was, he, he was, you know, he had something wrong with him. He was in a special Olympics, but the, whatever he had that was right with him what was so beautiful man you know that he didn't have a care in the world you know right and even it's so beautiful that's even how jesus says that we're you know he says you can't receive the kingdom of heaven unless you receive it as one of these little ones one of these children who just trust and believe man childlike faith none none of the, the crazy stuff that's the see that's the that's the that's the things that's hard to hold on to at times because we get the childlike faith, man, and we, we get the awe and the wonder, but then we get the bills, and then we get the planning and the meetings and just all whatever it is to, to, to pull you off a track, you know? Absolutely. That reminds me of Dante's Inferno. At the beginning of the book, before they go down into hell, they go into heaven first. And the way they described heaven was a bunch of angels and people basically blowing on the horns and the trumpets and chanting over and over again without a care in the world with pure bliss and ignorance. And that, that was the description of heaven in Dante's Inferno. Mm-hmm. I think, I think it, it holds a lot of truth. You know, if you're, if you're just enjoying the show and you know what you're, what you have to do and it, like, it's almost like an element of free will removed from that. Right. Yeah. But if you're enjoying the show and you know what you have to do, 
Yeah. You know, so if you're watching this, turn it off. Don't go any further. You've seen too much. Go back now. <laughs> <laughs> go back now, man. Yeah. For sure. It, was, it um, is, you know. Something... You go ahead. There was something on, um, you know, another like, you know, it was like one of those short motivational type of clips, and it definitely had somebody's um, voice. In fact, I think it's a man whose voice that you have sampled, um, Derek, on one of your um, albums, I think, the 333 album. But um, well, he's It's like, probably you know, who he's talking about, Alan Watts, most likely. Yeah, Alan Watts, where he's like, <laughs> like if, you're, if you're looking and you're at least in fear, you know, but you you know. Yeah. So there was that, and it was talking mm-hmm. about um, <clears throat> it was talking about um, death, like why do we have you know, why is there death and people will mess around and be like, what happens after death and does consciousness leave the body, you know, a few seconds after death or whatever. And then it kind of wraps back around and said, yeah, all of those are concepts and everything, but why do we have death and it's to bring you back around. So like, I feel this, the point is, is like, well, why do we have death to bring us back around to understand that life is to be experienced before that happens. Yeah not to worry about what happens after that. And so that's kind of how I feel about um, conspiracy theories. It's like, you know, they're all concepts, and it's like, what, what, is, what is the point? So now that you know there's a possibility that, um, you know, the earth is flat or this or that, um, you're, you're definitely yeah. here to experience. And some conspiracy theorists can send themselves into, you know, a whole different type of, world where they um they don't they're not able to exist anymore around people and then um you can definitely use it though like you mentioned with um astrology and mindfulness and even like science what's really exciting to me is science about um you know the the reasons why we emotionally react to things and triggers and projections onto other people and and things like that, that's pretty much helped because a lot of the occult kind of, and this relates to something that you had said, Derek, um, in another podcast where you kind of had like schizophrenic thoughts where like if I had said some of the things that I was thinking to somebody qualified, there could have been an issue. And they would not have known how to help me. And my mother is, yeah. my mother is, is a Christian and she is very spiritually open-minded, has been a huge help with me. Um, but she works in the addiction clinics in this area, and she worked on the psych ward at the major hospital in the area. So it was a delicate thing to share those with her because she's got the, the nurse practitioner, like the practitioner part of her, and then she's got you know the spiritual part of her where she was able to hold it down for me. But there was no going to a therapist because they weren't going to understand what it felt, what I, what, it, what I what it means when I say I was outside of my body, where I was like dissociated. Yeah. Well, they got the pills that will bring you right back to your body. I'm sure they do. They do. Right. It'll, it'll uh, shut all that down. And all, all of these children, you know, there's a, a, a there's a blog out there talking about, you know, are, are we drugging our prophets and seers? And are, all of these children who have these abilities and cra- crazy um, levels of creativeness, man, and, would, and they're just hyperactive and stuff, and they're just in awe and wonder and, we're giving the wrong drugs. And they're slowing them down, man. Stopping they're, them in their tracks, man. It's crazy. They're giving them the wrong drugs for sure. Yeah. 
can't dumb them down by using the, the brainwave manipulation with the blue lights on the phones and the waves on the commercials that will program you right into a state where you can't even make decisions, so they're going to use pills. And I've got my, my homegirls since I was 15. I'm 33 now, 15 in high school, you know, skipping school to get, you know, a tongue pierced. And, and all this kind of junk together growing up. And she, along the way, came 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 up with uh, schizophrenia. And she came full circle, you know, back to where she's, you know, she's very, she's probably one of the most enlightened people that I know, and she's super high-functioning. And she was able to get me through the time that I went through um, because she was able to just hold space for it. And, um, you know, I see just, People that are, even if they're autistic or there's a savant, it's like you said, it's, it makes me cry. They're like the most beautiful, unadulterated beings because they don't have these other cares and traumas and judgments. They just are yeah. walking, living love vessels. Yep. That's awesome. That's how we're supposed to be, man. So anyway, what, what, you know, you were just saying, Mariah, about the conspiracy theories and, um, you know, where it leads people and stuff. I don't, I don't think you were just given an opinion of someone who hasn't studied. You were sharing wisdom because you've been down those roads, right? You know what, you know, someone who is, is searching for, truth someone who's searching for god in the midst of that deity in the midst of that and then getting caught up in all of these little rabbit holes man you're you're speaking wisdom to that so people who need to hear that and not just someone's opinion who hasn't been there you've definitely been there and you 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 know you're coming up you know the hill that other people are trying to go down so and you got wisdom and you got the badges For sure. I will say that, like, I mean, I was literally like night and day. It was all that I walked around with and listened to um, everybody that I could. I explored it. Um, I mean, it was kind of crazy for me for, you know, about two years. I was in it real deep, and then I was looking for answers. And then the more that I have, um, the more that I've kept my nose in, you know, my Bible and in the, the sermons that I watch, you know, almost every day, something, at least something when I wake up, the, 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 I actually have started to forget some of it. I've actually, it's actually kind of, you know, I can recall it if, you know, I, if I want to, but it kind of, it really has kind of like, you know, one lost its importance um, because like I said, like you said, I was searching for God and every, all of those little conspiracy theories, they, they made me question everything. I hated being alive. I was like, this sucks. And, um, yeah. Obsession. I was like, this, psychosis, this sucks, man. You know? Yeah. And I would constantly dissociate from myself. And, um, but I hear, I can, I can read, I can read my, I can read my Bible and I can hear, I can see truth in every single thing that I read. And it made it so that, you know, I really kind of forget the um the occult stuff and um well not not i don't want to say occult and give that a, a um yeah. i don't want to muddy that name because like i said the yeah. just hidden knowledge but um well there's things that 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 you can take from that and i was talking with with steven about this it's like when you're looking at it in uh, a christian perspective right we're looking at 
the law of attraction or whatever we speak we're going to have. So if someone who's trying to win souls for God, right, you or, or to like walk in healing and like walk in miracles and stuff, you take it and you put those principles, which are universal principles, the law of sowing and reaping, whatever you speak, you create. So therefore, you don't go around in your car going to a parking lot at the at Walmart saying, I want to find the best spot. I'm going to have a spot open right there. Like you can do that, but and not saying that it's a waste. Maybe you can have that too. But to change the perspective to like change the perspective to start speaking other things over yourself, like take it a little bit more serious, get a little bit more intense with it. Like um, start speaking things like maybe I'm going to be in a, I'm going to be in a conversation today with somebody and the demonic entities that are in them are going to manifest when, when, whenever I'm present. And, you know, I'm going to have so much light within me that they're not going to be able to um, stand around me. And that person will find healing. That person will find deliverance just because I'm there. Like speak those things and believe it. Start expecting that stuff to happen. And it will just like you expect for the, you know, the, you know, the different little synchronicities that we're seeing throughout the day and, and stuff like that, that we see and they leave us in awe. Let's, let's let some of the other stuff like that, that can help people let that leave us in awe, man, that, you know, I've seen it happen. When you change your perspective, perspective and your faith, you begin, you speak and you walk in it. You can have whatsoever you, you ask for. If you ask yeah. it in the name he said, right? Whatsoever. It's like Tony Robbins, right? He used to do the incantation every day and every way I grow stronger and stronger. Mm-hmm. That's what he would tell himself every day over and over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whether it was money, finances, and you know, that's what I said. He was always doing magic. He was doing incantations. And he was yeah. teaching magic through the filter of motivation. A lot of those people know that stuff, man. Uh, o- Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Oprah totally knows it, man. And you, you, you was talking about how when you seen that, that Tony Robinson thing, uh, Robbins and uh, he, he spoke something and you knew because you had done the research, you, you, you know, you had done the knowledge on it, right? Nobody else probably would have knew. But when he said it the way he said it, you knew that, oh, he's he's read this book or whatever, you know, um, the Absolutely. same thing kind of happened to me. I was watching Benny Hinn years ago. Right. And um, he was on TBN and he was talking about. um angelology and he was just going back and forth with paul crouch who's passed away now but he's like the founder of tbn um going back and forth with him and with the audience about these different angels and stuff and then he began to go into the book of enoch Mm. and like in the christian world that's kind of a no-no really you know know i'm saying unless you're fringe or whatever or you're just in the the, the, you know the seeking the lost books and stuff but for mainstream evangelical Christianity, that's a no-no. But he started going in there, pulling out all kind of deep esoteric knowledge, essentially, right? And they started hitting around a little bit to him about UFOs. And he would say little things, but he says, no, nope, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about it. He kept saying he kept catching himself. He wanted to, but he, and I knew it was like this mutual thing. It's like, oh, man, I know where he's coming from. I know that he knows some stuff. If he's this deep into angelology and he knows all of this stuff and he's dodging the UFO questions with a smile, he knows some stuff, man, you know? Mm. Absolutely. I mean, for like like evangelical Christians and I'm starting to learn more and more about like apologetics and like, you know, different, there's like the different factions and, uh, you know, within that faith and, 
how they're stay practiced. Out <laughs> stay, yep, yeah. stay out stay of them. Stay out of them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know yeah. what? It's like it's like man, you know, like there's people that you know are. It's like I see people that are genuinely, you know, or that seem, you know, genuinely, but you know, they're like they're heretics. And I have this thing where, like, I feel, you know, I almost feel like, you know, conflicted where, you know, for judging them for being heretics. Cause I'm like, do they know? Do they know what they're doing? And I'm like, maybe they don't know. And, um, but I see them all kind of like, you know, conflicting, you know, but coming from, I feel like my, because my personal experience coming like to Jesus, and this was like, you want to talk about a thief in the night? I had a dream and it was right when I started, um, uh, you know, right when you started encountering God and right when um, I like literally woke up the next morning and that was when I started um, pledging. And because I had this dream where I had, you know, I won't give them names or, you know, things because I don't really know what it was, but there was two and there was a third place for me and they were asking me to join. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was, I was like, I don't know what what this is, but it was definitely godly. And they were like, you know, you've been wondering a long time. And because I came from such darkness, I don't I don't know what it's like for to be a Christian that came from just, you know, pure faith, com- like completely just coming up in it. I, I don't know what it's like, but because it was so dark for me that I almost will hear like, you know, these things where, you know, I'll hear sermons and I'll hear, I'll, I'll read Bible passages and I will, I'll just have, I'll be, oh my God. And I, like this huge thing will happen to me where like, I will see, sometimes I feel like I'm seeing more truth in it and I'm more like enlivened by it than someone who's been going to mm-hmm. church every day, you know, every Sunday. Yeah. It's a, you know, that, that's hope opens up a whole nother can of worms. And I'm I'm probably going to get into a lot of that as well on, on encountering God. Um, but there's so much, man, you, you, you almost have a target on your back. I hate to say that, you know, but um, when, <laughs> when you go into those uh, establishments and you are the one, you know, the scripture says, you know, he who has been forgiven much loves much. And just to keep it short and sweet, man, um, when, when, when you go into a church and you're on fire for God and, and you're giving, you're getting dreams and visions and God is using you to heal people, like all of this stuff. And you go into a church where the pastor can't even do that. And the pastor, or, or you have what the pastor used to have, you, be, mm-hmm. you become an enemy. I, I've seen it. I've had it happen to me and a bunch of my friends. Um, it's, it's sad that we're talking about church. Like this is going on in churches, you know, but it, it's the truth, man. You go in there and you, you know, they, they will put you in your place, man. They really will. It's sad, but. That came up on one of your prayer nights that came up because I had someone tell me to slow my roll and I was like, are you kidding? I was like, (laughs) I'm like, this is, this is, this is, you know, the fire that that cleanses, that purifies right here. And I was like, this is so crazy within me that um, most people can feel it coming off, can feel something coming off of me in a very subtle way. Mm -hmm. They won't, they won't know that it's Jesus. They won't know that it's, um, God changing me and working through me, but um, they'll feel something. And the new age is huge now. As a matter of fact, the flat earth is kind of in the new age. It's getting kind of a bad (laughs) rap for being in the new age. Unfortunately, it's got a bad rap. And new age is getting a bad rap as, you know, that shit crazy. Like, um, you know, 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, um, it does feel well, like I'm everything, though, that's that. the, Well, yeah, it's just people in general, man, because it's so easy to say, you know what, Christians so, are... So how do you, how do you guys feel about how do you guys feel about the story of Genesis with the snake? Because oh. I, I, I'd like to know because I because I I personally feel that one God was lying and one God was telling the truth, and this is a well known doctrine, but it's it's well mm-hmm. established in the occult. How do you guys feel oh. about it, Derek? You want to go because I I can I can go. Right when you're, you know, when you're done. Okay. Um, so kind of like, I think coming out of the occult really helped me, or God, I want to quit saying that coming out of like everything that I came out of, um, because I still love, you know, what it did for me and, and parts of it. But when I went back and read it, so like I came out of Roman Catholicism, that's what I was baptized and confirmed in and everything just out of, you know, family tradition. Oh, there you go. So there's everything that comes with that. And I was literally sitting in these pews, right? And I'm going, I'm, I'm around all these people, Sunday school and everything. And I'm reading what they're telling me to read, but I'm not seeing a lick of it. And I'm having a hard time. You know, it was like the practice, what you preach thing. I was seeing horrible things. You know, these people were, you know, you know, on the way to church, they were unholy as, as all F, but like once they got in church, it was all good. And then when they leave church, it's all unraveled. And I was like, okay. So I started questioning it and I started reading Genesis. And as a child, as a child, I was kind of like, well, what do you, I didn't make, it didn't make any sense to me. So now, um, I've got all of this understanding, like it doesn't make sense to most people when you talk, when he's talking about trees, it's all allegories, but it's all allegories, it's yeah. all symbolism. Right. So mm-hmm. seeking knowledge that is not of God is that other tree and the way that you die is spiritually. So all of those things make total sense to me now. And um, Cain and Abel, like, you know, well, OK, so, um, you know, the God of the God of Genesis told Adam and Eve, if you eat of the fruit, you will die. And then the snake told him, if you eat of it, you will become like God. And after he ate it, not only was evil introduced, but good was introduced and free will and choice was introduced at the same time. Mm -hmm. So when you go back and you read that story, if I were to present that to, say, a Buddhist that had no idea what Christianity was, and I was just to read the story to them, which God do you think they would pick as malevolent versus benevolent? All right. Well, I don't know if I'm really going to try and give you the right answer here, but I did come out of Buddhism. That was what did my whole waking up to anything that is anything. And um, so I I don't know if I have the right answer. It's just because um, I'm kind of curious to see what your answer is, because my take on Buddhism was that it was, you know, I see how they relate now, but... um, I think I think I think my answer would be going back to the kid, the kid that I met or seen mm-hmm. that uh, had no care in the world. You know, he has no knowledge of of good and evil. Almost, you know, right, before right. he he almost to me represented before someone ate the fruit. You know, and the fall was interesting. Now I would say that omnipresent being. They're both the same thing. The snake and the voice are the same thing. 
Uh, that's God why I didn't know if there was it. a right answer. Oh. I didn't. That's why I didn't know if there was a right answer because I was like, wait a minute, this could uh, be really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, it's definitely the same thing, man. It's definitely the same thing. I mean, um, even to this it, day, it, I, I kind of feel like Jesus and Buddha could be kind of like homies, you know? Like they're kind of. I mean, I think Jesus is the one, but um, I think you well, know. As Buddha you read the kinda, scriptures. And you and you understand that that's the same thing that there is no God and the devil fighting each other, and you read the scriptures. That's going to be number one key in in like understanding the scriptures and understanding the spirit realm and how spirits operate and all of this stuff. Like that's it's a whole deep te- teaching, but it's 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 really simple to think that like God and the devil are fighting each other. It's not happening. Right. They're just not right. happening at all. They're on the same team. He uses the devil to to tempt us ah, to yes, do stuff okay. to us, right? I had I had someone who is um, on the uh, on I'm just going to call it on the other side of things with um, spirituality, but we were still able to resonate enough where he recognized, you know, I would I would we we could have conversations, but um, and he respected mm-hmm. me as a person and as a woman, where you know that so. Um, but he had, you know, come up with the question, why, if God is all-knowing and if God is all-loving, why would he allow the devil to tempt? You know, and if he's all-knowing, if he knows that certain things are going to, you know, cause you to fall, why does he allow them to be? And I was like, okay, so um, I get it. I was like, but change your perspective because right now you're going, you're trying, to, you're trying to disprove God. That's your position, so that's the way you're going to see this. And, you know, the we were given the warning and, but there is sin so that we can find our salvation through him. And that's where the new Testament comes in. But I'm like, we're, we have that because we take on that, you know, free will. Um, it's not that it's allowed. It's not like, you know, I mean, it, he doesn't obliterate it. You know, he hasn't like obliterated sin because through sin, we can find our way back to salvation. So, I had that that question kind of posed to me, and the question was like, does does God um, allow evil so that you can experience what evil is to know what good is? And that's where we the wouldn't whole... know one from. We wouldn't. We wouldn't know one without the other. So, right. Right, and so then that that kind of tied into his belief, like the comedic, uh, the comedic laws of like you know, love and love and hate and evil and uh, good are the same thing, just polarized opposites of the same exact thing. Yes, well, I, it's it's a belief that I hold true with as well. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, I, I think it. everything, everything in nature. If you're going to have on, you have to have off. If you're going to have birth, you have to have death. You know what I mean? Um, Everywhere we look, there is a parallel that can be drawn between pretty much anything. I mean, that's whether you're in astrology and you're talking about opposing signs or you're talking about opposing political parties. You know, uh, there's a duality pretty much in everything, every walk of life. But it doesn't necessarily mean that one is good and one is bad. Um, I think, though, the degrees in which these things happen is, is how we measure whether or not we're a good person. Like you said, all of those heretics that would go to church and play that pious game would go and sin on their way there and on their way back. But like, who is the, who's really to, to judge, right? According to the scriptures, 
who is the judge? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so if, I, I think I think it's it's a test, right? So it's the test. So that's I'm, I'm, I, what you just said there with it being a test. There's always a genesis. Okay, so um, I take things in the Bible, and I think it really has a lot to do with my experience coming out of such darkness, um, where I was I, I wasn't practicing. I wasn't practicing dark magic, but I was definitely affiliated with people, and I was like they were in my reality, so it was a thing. But um, and I didn't know I didn't know one way or the other. It was kind of like really weird for me. But um, mm-hmm. I definitely knew I wasn't doing it with God. So um, yeah, Genesis. So things in the Bible have way deeper meanings. They almost kind of go in layers, and they're kind of like reoccurring all at the same time, all at once. And over and over again, every minute of the day. So Genesis is, people argue like, well, how do you know back then, you know, it was just one man. And they are, they're going to argue the taking out of the rib. And they're going to argue the, the actual logic of that, rather than it, that itself being an actual um, symbolic story of a Genesis of anything that happens in your, in your life. Um, Genesis exactly. happens anything, anytime something new happens. So anytime I have a decision to make, there's going to be two trees. Anytime I have a choice to, you know, offer something to God, I have a choice to offer it the way Cain did or the way, um, did. Mm-hmm. I have, I have an, and, I have made a, you know, I can do it through materialism or I can do it through, through faith by bringing people to faith or I can do it by, you know, material objects. Well, I like Terrence McKenna's view that um, Westerners have an unnatural fetish with material objects. And I mean, it's, it's true. We all have to have the latest and greatest. But to, to jump on that story that you were just telling. Um, no, I'm sorry. I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, no, it'll come back. It'll <laughs> it's come a back long night. <laughs> yeah. Um, so but it was like a genesis. I'll, maybe I'll try to trigger it for you. It was like a genesis of, of rehab happening, you know, over and over again. So rather than genesis just being something to argue on whether or not it actually happened, even the flood, the flood and, and the Noah's Ark, that happens every time, you know, God works through me to do a cleansing of my surroundings where he literally obliterates mm-hmm. and there's a time of, yeah. you know, nothingness and then there's a time of sowing and harvest where things have to regrow and it takes time. And it's, you know, if you, if you think about it, well, and you argue, what do you mean just two of every species and, you know, you built an ark and it was that big and only two of you. And like, you know, if you try to like logically wrap your mind around that, um, it, you, you're going to discard it right away, but you can see how it's symbolic and with, with everything in the Bible be symbolic, yeah. it'll apply some way in your life, and that's how it's to be used, not to be read as yeah. a as a as a book to argue whether or not book. it really happened. Yeah. A history a, book, but history. history book. If you break history down phonetically, which is something Santos Bonacci and Kate of Gaia, you know, like they're really into. Um, people may not know who Kate of Gaia is, but he, um, she's definitely affiliated with Santos Bonacci. Um, they'll break down um, phonetically thing. History is his, his story. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and and you're, you, you said Genesis and it triggered it. Um, if you go back before Eve into the Jewish text, you have Lilith who was created yeah. of the earth. And because she was outside of Adam, she wouldn't listen to him. So they went to the rib to create him or to create her out, you know, of him. 
which is just another symbol for going out to the material things versus going inward. And but so I, don't know. I, I think everybody has a different path, though. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Christian path is the right way. As long as you, as long as you're a good person and you find your spirituality in the end, I think, I think we're all there. I think the problem that people have with Christianity is the, the politics of it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's destroyed itself from you know its own bile that it's produced. It's completely, you know, destroyed itself because people it's, are. It looks, it looks nothing like. It looks nothing like what it started out as, or what Jesus practiced and what Paul preached. It's nothing like that, right? I mean, in fact, the way the way that people found their way was through Jesus was out of darkness. And so, um, you know, my experience is that coming out of darkness, and not just—I mean, I think the Bible was the last thing that I started with. I I went to the Zohar and the Kabbalah. And, um, you know, really learning Hebrew, like forget just, you know, you know, you know, yeah, being a good person is absolutely your, I 100% agree, like that is really just it. And you can feel vibrationally whether you're doing, whether you're doing right or wrong. And, um, but learning Hebrew is a really good way, has been really helpful with me, you know, learning the messages of the Bible. So it's not about being Christian. I love going to the Christian churches that I go to um, with, with different friends. I go to different ones with different friends, but um, I have a different experience with it. So I, I, I understand things differently because of other um, ancient Jewish mysticism that's come before it. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I think that that was like a tangent that got me off of my point, but the point well, was, hey. you know, be a good person, you know, like you can feel whether or not you're being a good person and whether, and where Buddhism come, comes in is mindfulness because um, if you're not mindful, Buddhism has a way of teaching people to be mindful in a very aggressive way. And sometimes Christianity doesn't really do that for people. Um, because they don't seek it, they don't they don't go after it. And if you get into Buddhism, you start like seeing things about yourself in a very raw way, where you are holding up a mirror to yourself. Well, I think I think in one you have Buddhism, which is all about karma and action. So you're going to pay for your own actions. But in Christianity, it's not about what you do; it's about what you believe. And to me, I think that's it's the definitive between the two, right? Because it doesn't really matter yeah. what you do in Christianity, okay. as long as it's what you believe and what's on your soul when you die, right? Versus the karmatic actions of Buddhism, where you're going to live 500 lives over and over again to, to play out your karma. Yeah, again, that's another you know, well, thing I think, that... Um... I think what... Go ahead, Dan. I think what sets Christianity is, is a part a little bit different is... Uh... Most of the other religions is like man trying to do what they can to reach God, and in Christianity is is man is, is is God doing what He could to reach man in His fallen state, and that's for sent Jesus perfect. You know what I'm saying? It was the perfect Lamb, the perfect sacrifice. You know what I'm saying? Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world, and I think that's what makes it a little bit different. Is that uh that if we but but it's not you know essentially. Um, what you believe would transform you, right? 
with right exactly like, that that with with so like mystical experiences of right. like regeneration right mm-hmm. becoming born again becoming a total different person and, and receiving a new heart and a new spirit within you and like and by, when that happens then you desire to do good things and then you're commissioned to go out and change the world and to heal heal the sick raise the dead cleanse the lepers and then it says that these signs shall follow them that believe like this is christianity 101 this isn't nothing this mm. whatever like that that's what we're supposed to be seeing but obviously it's very fringe right if anybody's even talking about that stuff or whatever and, and, and if, or if anybody's even doing it there are people doing it though hey derek there are people doing that you know you had said lamb did you see in the news they created the first artificial womb and it was a lamb yeah Yeah. is that what they're doing is that what they're doing where they were like growing meat in the petri dishes they grew yeah well they they what was it a um, like a real lamb it it was a womb they created a a womb. womb that grew a lamb yeah yeah it's just, so they're it had to be a lamb, artificial. Right? Oh <laughs> <Yeah>. man, <laughs> they're gonna go. You Behold, know that is really hugely symbolic lamb, to right? me. Like they're gonna they're gonna take the number one. For real? They're gonna take. Oh my God! They're gonna take the number one. Uh, you know, faith symbol and <laughs> Lamb of God and blaspheme the, the heck out lamb. of that. that like, oh my by. God! Yeah, un unspotted by by the world. Yeah. Anyway, now, you guys, it's been an awesome conversation. <laughs> yeah. That's going to change it's, it's been, the whole vegetarian community. It's been an awesome community. conversation. Yeah. I got to wrap it up for the evening. All right, man. It was it's fun. Been a long day. I totally enjoyed it. And, dude, we'd love to have you back on again, man. Maybe co-host the show and we'll just do, like, an open forum. Have people call in and have some other guests on, kind of, you know, doing a video chat. Where you're not doing video chat right now, so. <laughs> but listen, next time I'll have it set up, man. I'll, I'll have it out with the tarot cards. We could do some tarot for your listeners or something. Yeah. Something fun, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can get into that, too, because that's even, you know, I like to tie everything back to the scriptures, man, to even show the divination that's within the scriptures and, and some of the different things that they practice as well, which is really neat. Catholic magic. Yeah, man. It's all Aww. in there. So Mariah, thanks for calling in. You made this an awesome <laughs> show. So thank you for hanging out with us. Absolutely. Uh, thank you. I'm glad you did this tonight. Yeah, we're going to do it again soon. And uh, shalom, shalom, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. I had fun. Have a good night. Talk to you. All right. Good night. Awesome. We're off air. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun, man. Yeah, definitely. It's been a while since I did the live thing. I used to do live broadcasting all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Every now and then I get tripped up a little bit, but, you know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 